0: Chapter 22, Felons Top left door, honey, Ms. Winkle said. Nick slid the paper off the desk and stuffed it into her back pocket. Arson suspects? Was that what the dreadlock boy had been talking about at lunch? Did everyone in school think they burned a teacher's house down? Barely aware of what she was doing, Nick pulled a neon orange tape measure out of the desk and walked to Jordan. He grabbed the tape and held it to the footprint. Jordan blew out his breath and a huff. "'Well, I guess that's one off the list. Two inches longer than the pool print.' "'Jordan.' Nix reached for the paper in her pocket, but at that moment the PA system beeped on. Dee? A scratchy voice called through the box on the wall. "'Yes.' "'I'm looking for a couple of students. Do you have a Jordan Frost and Phoenix whack in your last class?' "'Yes, they're right here,' she called in a musical voice. "'Do you have a message for them?' "'No,' the voice said. "'Just keep them there. The officer's on his way over.' Jordan cast a confused look at Nix, who handed him the newspaper. This is bullcrap, Jordan said. The only evidence they have is that we visited the scene the next day. And that I knew about it beforehand, Nick said in a strangled whisper. They can't prove that, Jordan said in an even softer voice. Miss Winkle was still flitting around the room with her garbage bag and didn't appear to be listening. Hadn't she realized the police were being dispatched to her room to apprehend two arson suspects? With shaking hands, Nick slid her cookbook under one of the desks. Jordan continued to thumb through the crier. I should really start reading the paper. There's a lot of interesting stuff in here. You mean besides the article? Naming us in a major criminal investigation? Nick said, unable to control the hysteria in her voice. Jordan didn't take his eyes from the paper. Nix, we don't have anything to worry about. Hey, my neighbor wrote a letter to the editor. Nix felt an urge to rip the paper from his hands and jump on it. Mrs. Paulson is always complaining about kids skating on her street. She's trying to get a statute passed. Jordan, I can't believe you don't even care. What if my mom finds out we were in Midland after school? She'll wonder why I wasn't at work. Jordan finally looked up from the paper. Didn't think of that. Did your mom get the paper? No, but what if the police have been calling to find me? What if they come to the trailer to interrogate me? I am ground meat. Someone knocked on the door. A tall policeman stepped into the room. Jordan's dad. Nix nearly fainted with relief. Hey, guys. But before Sergeant Frost could get more out than that, Miss Winkle stepped between him and the students. Officer, she said in a voice that made it clear she didn't respect the title. I was a little surprised to read that your main suspects in the Urbanek fire were fifteen-year-olds. I was a little surprised about that myself, Sergeant Frost said, his voice dangerous. And you are? D. Winkle, she answered curtly. Do you have any idea how damaging it could be to a child's self-esteem to have the entire town believe they're a criminal? What kind of evidence can you possibly have to justify such an accusation? Nick stared. She could almost hear Jordan thinking, wowza. For the first time in her life, Nick saw Sergeant Frost lose his composure at someone besides Jordan. His cheeks grew rosy, and a furious gleam appeared in his eyes. It's not justified, he said, and I had a word with Officer Crotty about speaking to the press. Now if you're through sticking your nose where it doesn't belong, I'll take my son home. Your son? Sergeant Frost moved past her, not bothering to answer. Let's go, Jordan. Nix, why don't you come along too? The long walk to the police cruiser was more horrible than her humiliation at the Abendroth mansion. Now it really was the whole school watching as she and Jordan plodded toward the police car with the officer close behind them. Nix didn't look up. She didn't want to see the faces pressed against the windows of the bus or see them whispering to each other about how the fat girl finally lost it and torched the teacher's house. Jordan and Nix sat silently in the back seat, as if waiting to hear which jail they'd be spending the night in. Nix had heard the Midland Lockup had toilets in the middle of the cell so anyone walking by could see you using it. She shivered. I'm sorry, Sergeant Frost said as soon as he'd shut his door. I was in the area and thought I'd bring you home. I guess I didn't think how that would look to the public. Nix relaxed slightly. To be honest, Sergeant Frost said, I also wanted to warn you not to speak with anybody about this. I'm sure reporters are going to swarm. They'll try to get you to say something incriminating. I could kill Mike. Did he honestly think we burned down a house in Midland? Jordan asked. I think with the lack of a real suspect and a couple coincidences, a few boneheads in the department jumped to conclusions. Like what coincidences? Nick's stomach fluttered. She couldn't tell if it was the drive or the conversation that was twisting it in knots. Well, besides the vice principal's accusations, we've also got Principal Weatherwax admitting you came in asking for X address. Doesn't that prove our innocence? Nick said, slightly distracted by the flashing mailboxes. If we had started the fire, why would we need to ask for his address the next day? Mr. Weatherwax can't remember exactly when you came in. He seems to think it was last week. Jordan slapped his forehead. Nix groaned. Weatherwax was a crazy old man. How could anyone take him seriously? And the last thing. Why in the world did you go visit the burn site after school? How did you even get out there? Jordan shot a look at Nix, and she didn't need a translation. He was asking whether they should tell him the truth. Would his dad even believe it? Would the truth sound more like a lie than an actual lie? Of course it would. Besides, she'd already told him she overheard students talking about it. She couldn't change her story now. Nix decided on as much truth as she could get away with and still make it sound plausible. She took two quick breaths and sat on her hands so they wouldn't fidget and give her away. Well, after you told me about the fire, Nick said, speaking loud enough to be clearly heard through the bulletproof plastic. I wanted to make sure Mr. Urbanek was okay, so we asked Ms. Winkle if she could take us by to see him. Urbanek said you ran when you saw him, Sergeant Frost said. What a liar, Jordan said. We walked away after explaining we were only checking things out. Because by that time, we could see he was fine, Nick said, and he didn't look excited to have visitors. Sergeant Frost shook his head. That's exactly the type of behavior the real arsonist would display. They can't resist coming back to check out their handiwork. Jordan flopped back against his plastic seat. We'll keep that in mind next time we get the urge to visit a crime scene. Regardless of what you were doing there, I'd appreciate it if you two would stop running off on your own, Sergeant Frost said. And you, you're supposed to be grounded, young man. His tone abruptly changed when he addressed Jordan, as if just remembering he was supposed to be angry with him. Unlike Mrs. Wack, however, he seemed content to let his child suffer his guilt in silence. Nix pulled her trapper keeper out of her bag and wrote, We should forget this whole dream thing. It's just going to get us in trouble. She tapped Jordan's knee with the folder until he grabbed it and read her note. He put his hand out for Nix's pen and hastily wrote, "'No way! Don't worry about the police! They just want people to think they have a lead. Tonight is still on. Now write down my instructions and the numbers I'm supposed to call.' "'What was that teacher's name again?' Sergeant Frost asked. "'Mrs. Winkle?' Jordan said with a scowl. "'Why, you want me to ask her out for you?' "'She looks a lot like a guy who used to work for the department. I wonder if she has a brother.' If she does, I'm sure she could set you up. Sergeant Frost was not amused. Chapter 23 Sleepover For what seemed like an hour, Nix huddled in the cramped, bug-filled bushes some distance from her trailer. After both legs had fallen asleep and sweat had soaked her clothes, a thin woman with bad highlights and tight magenta pants approached the whack trailer at a jog. The woman slammed her palm on the door and shouted, Open this door, Patty! Nix's heart jumped into her throat. Mrs. Black glanced out the front window, and a moment later, the front door cracked. What is it, Peg? I knew it was you! I knew it! What are you blabbering about? When Mr. Kittikins disappeared six weeks ago, I knew it was you what took him. Rao said I was crazy, but then someone called and told me I was right. It was you! Now I want him back! Nix groaned. They weren't supposed to mention the call. Mrs. Wack hid her surprise well, but the panic was evident in her eyes. This was the end of it all. Her mother was caught. Poor Mr. Kittykins, Peg moaned. He needs his water filtered. She's probably got worms now. Who called you? Mrs. Wack asked. Some boy. He said he saw you take my cat, and I want him back, or I'll call the police. Stupid Jordan. He was supposed to tell the neighbors Mrs. Wack found the cats in their yard. What happened to his blasted photographic memory? Another pair of feet shuffled past her bush. A boy of about ten approached the squawking ladies with a terrified expression on his face. Mrs. Wax seemed happy to shift the focus and greeted him pleasantly. "'What can I do for you, son?' she asked from behind the door. "'Someone said you're holding my cat prisoner and torturing it.'" Nix was going to kill Jordan the next time she saw him. He was having way too much fun with this. "'What if the neighbors went crazy and beat up her mom?' Mrs. Wack explained to the boy and the woman that she had no idea where their pets were. Meanwhile, two more neighbors approached the front door. To Nix's surprise, these two seemed completely at ease, happy even. Come to think of it, Nix didn't recognize them. Did they live in the trailer park? One of them interrupted the arguing. Hey, is this the right address for the free kittens? The guy said there were dozens to choose from. Despite her panic, Nix couldn't help smiling. If Jordan didn't land her mother in jail, maybe Nix would forgive him for getting creative. Before long, a crowd of fifteen people had gathered in front of the trailer, most demanding the immediate return of their stolen pets, some peeking into windows trying to see through the duct-tape blinds. Mrs. Wax still hadn't opened the door in more than a crack and was looking more suspicious all the time. How much longer could she hold them off without having a riot on her hands? Finally, after one man screamed about calling his lawyer, Mrs. Wax slipped out into the front steps and quickly closed the door behind her. Everybody, just shut up! she shouted in the listener-die voice, usually reserved for Nyx. The abrupt violence of her outburst stunned the crowd into silence. Or perhaps they were just distracted, waiting to see whether the rickety steps would hold her weight. "'Someone,' she said theatrically, "'is obviously playing a trick on us!' A few scoffs and murmurs rose from the mob. "'I, like yourselves, love cats and have quite a few. "'I do not, however, steal cats, and I do not have your cats.' I'll be more than happy to let you in to see for yourselves. What was she playing at? If she let the neighbors in, they were bound to see at least a few of the missing cats. Would she pretend she didn't know who they belonged to? The angry murmurs died down and the mob huddled closer like they were trying to form a single-file line. If you'll give me a quick moment to tidy up, I'll have you all in to see if you recognize any of your missing kitties. Let us in now, a man yelled. My good sir, Mrs. Wack said, it's a very small trailer, and I'm embarrassed to say it's a mess. You can't give me five minutes to prepare for guests? Four minutes, he yelled, but it seemed to be for the sake of having something to yell back. Mrs. Wack bowed and disappeared into the house. Nix wiped her sleeve across her forehead. What could her mother possibly do in four minutes? There was no place in the tiny trailer to hide the dozen or so stolen cats. Ten minutes later, Mrs. Wack ushered everyone inside. The neighbors chatted as they lined up. Even those who weren't missing cats seemed excited about the tour. After the last person had crammed into the tiny trailer, Nix stretched her legs. She'd been holding perfectly still for almost two hours. It was finally over. The stolen cats would be returned to their owners, and maybe Mrs. Wack would be embarrassed enough to give up her cat collecting for good. The sky changed from orange to pink and then faded to violet. What was taking them so long? Nix hoped they weren't tearing up her bedroom, and they'd better not take Toad. He was one of the few cats acquired by legal means. Nix was about to go make sure they didn't have her mother tied up when the door opened and the neighbors flooded back into the yard. Some appeared disgusted, others disappointed. Many were still holding their noses, but most of them gossiped away like they hadn't seen each other in years. No rioting, no triumphant shouts, no kitten tug-of-wars. Nix certainly hadn't been expecting everyone to file out like they'd just seen a boring movie. And the strangest thing, which twisted Nix's stomach into a tight knot, was that not even one neighbor left with a cat. Somehow Mrs. Wack had tricked them. Somehow her mother had won. Nix ground her fingernails into the dirt, and a sob welled up inside her. When did her mother become such a formidable opponent? How hard is it to get rid of a few animals? Nix sat in the bushes and stewed over her defeat. Eventually the only two street lamps that hadn't been shot out flickered on. Two dozen mosquito bites later, Nix decided she couldn't stand the suspense any longer and if her mother had guessed the truth about who was behind the whistle-blowing catcalls, Nix wanted to get it over with. She gripped the knob, took a deep breath, and opened the door. At least she would have if it hadn't been locked. Instead, she did an awkward full-body plant into the plywood, shaking the entire trailer. I told you I don't have your infernal pets, so get off my property! What are you talking about? Nix called. It's me! Why is the door locked? Mrs. Wax's puffy eyes appeared through a crack in the blinds, then the door rattled open. "'Why are you home early?' "'It was slow. "'The new girl closed by herself. "'Who knows? "'Maybe Nix was telling the truth.' "'For a moment, Mrs. Wack stared at Nix, "'as if trying to connect her daughter's early appearance "'with the angry mob. "'Is something wrong?' "'Mrs. Wack pulled Nix in by the arm "'and related the whole ordeal. "'You let them in? "'Did they see their cats?' "'Mrs. Wack dabbed blood off a long scratch on her arm. "'What do you mean, their cats? "'They're my cats!' "'Nix felt dizzy.' probably because she hadn't eaten for six hours. She searched the cupboards for carbs. What's the milk doing up here? And the lunch meat? You're supposed to keep this cold. Oh, Mom, you didn't. Nix ran to the refrigerator and flung the door open. No, Felix! her mother screeched. The neighbors might come back. The horde of frostbitten cats launched themselves through the crack as soon as the fridge light turned on. Mom, you could have killed them. A little cold's not going to hurt them. There's no air in there. Nick's helped a kitten dislodge itself from the crisper drawer. I can't believe you let all our food spoil to hide the cats. When I find out who called the neighbors, Nick braced herself. Do you have any idea who it could be? They said it was a boy. Could have been that nosy Peterson brat. I've seen him staring out his window at us. Mom, maybe you should give the cats back, Nick said in a final desperate attempt. It's not worth getting in trouble with the law. If people suspect it's only a matter of time before they have proof, Nix knew immediately she had made a mistake. Mrs. Wack's eyes narrowed, and she grew very still. On the other hand, there's no way they could prove they didn't just wander over on their own, so I guess do whatever you want. Well, I'm really tired, so I'll get started on my chores. She moved as if to retreat to her room, but Mrs. Wack held up her hand. Phoenix, do you know something about a fire? Nix's veins went cold. Like, what kind of fire? She bent to adjust her shoelaces. I'm not sure. A couple neighbors mentioned something about a fire in Midland. I wasn't really listening. Nick stood and shrugged. Weird. I'll ask Jordan about it tomorrow. Maybe his dad heard something. That reminds me, Mrs. Wack said. You're getting the good food tomorrow. No excuses. And what did Dibble say about the raise? I didn't see him today. Still with the same questions and demands. Did she not think Nick's heard her the first three hundred times? Nick left the room before Mrs. Wack could respond. While Nix finished her chores, she debated calling Jordan and cancelling the illegal sleepover. Like an idiot, she just kept digging herself deeper. Before long, it was all bound to catch up with her. Was it really so important to try and unravel her cryptic dreams with everything else going on? Couldn't they worry about it later? But then the image of the charred house flashed in her mind and an excitement stirred deep inside her. What if it was more than coincidence? Was it possible she really had a gift? That she was special? she'd never been very good at anything. She felt like she needed this. She needed to know she was more than mediocre trailer trash, and if her talent somehow proved useful to helping Sarah, it would be worth all the trouble they got into. When Mrs. Wack went in to wash her face, Nix unlocked the door and turned off the lights. Bedtime couldn't come fast enough for Nix. Ten minutes after her mother had gone to sleep, Nix lay in bed, listening. Despite her exhaustion, sleep wasn't a remote possibility. She jumped at each tiny sound, thinking Jordan was trying to get in. She stood and looked out the window every twenty minutes. To pass the time, she went through songs she'd been thinking about using to audition. Friday was the day after tomorrow. They'd been so busy being accused of felonies, they hadn't prepared at all. Who would she get to play the piano? They'd probably have a pianist at the auditions, but Nix didn't have any sheet music. And what about practicing? She certainly wouldn't get a part if she went in and botched her solo. And had Tiago even talked to Sarah yet? That was the whole point of the musical, to keep her from being alone after school. In the dark, movement caught her eye. Her door slowly opened. Nix lay back and pretended to be asleep just in case it was her mother. Digger, Jordan whispered. He closed the door. Nix's heart stuttered. Having her best friend sneaking in at midnight felt totally surreal, like two of her worlds had collided. I thought you were my mom. I get that a lot. Jordan bounced onto her mattress. The spring squeaked. Shh! She's a very late sleeper! Jordan grimaced his apology. How did the Cat Liberation Front do today? Anyone show up? Nick smiled despite her plans to be angry with him. She told him everything. The fridge? Jordan's eyebrows got lost in his white blonde hair. Did any of them suffocate? No. That's unfortunate. Jordan surveyed the room. For the first time, Nyx realized how dumpy her bedroom was. She casually straightened her comforter. Thanks for your help anyway, she said to distract him from the stains on the walls. No problem. Helping you get out is getting more fun all the time. By the way, Tiago's surveys are completely useless. Hardly anyone filled it out right, and those who did have the wrong shoe size. It looks like predicting the future is our last chance for saving Sarah. Jordan waggled his eyebrows and pulled out a notebook and pen. I'll be the recorder. I'm sure your half-conscious handwriting is garbage. Nick pulled up her covers and tried to relax. Why do you have so many blankets? Aren't you hot? I'm a little warm right now, but I'm always freezing cold when I wake up, so I like to be prepared. Probably because ghosts visit you all night and whisper secrets into your ear. Jordan, I thought you wanted me to go to sleep. Right you are, Jordan said. By the way, how do you want me to wake you up? Say your name, wiggle your elbow, pull your eyelids up? Shake my shoulder or something, gently. Will do. This might take a while, me falling asleep. It's okay. We've got lots of time. Where are you going to be? Only here on the floor. Don't fall asleep, Nick said. You're right, like I could sleep. My thoughts exactly. An hour and a half later, after Jordan had finally stopped asking whether she was asleep, Nick's drifted into unconsciousness. Beryl was following her around the graveyard. When Nix asked what she wanted, Beryl took off her sunglasses to reveal empty sockets. Nick screamed. The scene changed. She was alone in a vast desert of sand with a blinding sun directly overhead. Along the ridge of a sand dune, a single camel ran without a rider. Nix followed it for a while until she found a small muddy pond to drink from. An unearthly music drifted from a nearby hut. Nix entered the dark hut, and the singing stopped. A brown skinned man pressed himself against the wall and yelled something in another language. A strange white light shone from his mouth as he shouted. The man waved his arms, and Nix flew back out into the blazing sun, which was much bigger than it was supposed to be. As Nix watched, the enormous iridescent fireball sank back into the horizon. The world went black, then flashed red. Nick sat up in bed. She's awake. Said that, it didn't sound like Jordan. Why was the light on? At first, Nix thought she was still dreaming. Why else would there be five people in her room rummaging through her bags and talking quickly? Phoenix, can you hear me? A bald man asked. Nix nodded. How did he know her name? This certainly didn't seem like a dream. Everything was so vivid, especially the throbbing pain on the left side of her face. Why did her cheek hurt? Check her vitals, a square-jawed woman said. Why did these people seem so comfortable in her room? The bald man slid a pressure cuff onto her arm and squeezed the rubber ball attachment. Another man with thick glasses slipped a thermometer under her tongue. I assure you, this isn't necessary. Her mother stood in the doorway in her housecoat with some sort of beauty paste smeared under her eyes. Where was Jordan? Where did the paramedics come from? Pulse is normal. Temp is a little low. We might want to take her in. "'You're not taking my daughter anywhere,' Mrs. Wack said. "'As you can see, she's just fine, and I hope you're not expecting us to pay for this. "'We didn't call you.' "'The large-jawed woman straightened to her full height. "Well, someone did, they said there was a fifteen-year-old girl at this address having trouble breathing. "'I think someone was playing a joke on you,' Mrs. Wack said. "'The call came from your phone number,' Dispatch said. "'It sounded like a boy.' "'Mrs. Wack glared at Nick's. "'Our phone number?' If this was Jordan's idea of a joke, Nix was going to readjust his braces with her foot. She scanned the room. Would he pop out and say it was all a gag? After a minute, Nix realized everyone was waiting for her explanation. What was she supposed to say? She'd been unconscious for all of it? I think it was me that called, Nix said, letting her groggy voice work in her favor. I was half asleep. You think it was you? Her mother's eyes burned like live coals. I remember dreaming about not being able to breathe, and then I guess I got confused and called and then I went back to sleep. None of the crew seemed pleased with this explanation, the jaw woman least of all. So you called 911 and referred to yourself in the third person. You sure there wasn't someone else in the house? She raised her eyebrows and looked toward Mrs. Wack. Oh, Nix hated these shrewd women. Was it too much to ask for a ditz that believed everything you told her? Mrs. Wack spluttered like she was choking. A barely audible rustle came from the closet. Of course not, Nick said loudly. Who would be here? It was too late. Mrs. Wack had heard the noise and was already hurtling toward the closet.